Thank you for tuning into the Monocle Dynasty Podcast, where we keep an eye on Dynasty football. Your hosts dive deep on players, rankings, strategies, and much more. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Monocle Dynasty. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the Monocle, where we keep an eye on Dynasty football. I've been talking a lot about the rookies, rookie wide receivers, rookie running backs, quarterbacks all of them i'm kind of sick of it and so i wanted to switch it up <laughs> i wanted to bring on i can now officially say a best friend of the show because it's his third time on he he earned friend of the show status last time now best friend of the show russ dynasty outhouse how are you doing my friend i am better now i it's like it's become ritual at this point i don't think i could ever come on the original day that you ever asked me to <laughs> we like we were joking about this before like i remember you asked me on before last season and i think i came on the first you know your first ask but then you're yeah. like all right come back week four so we can keep well let's continue this awesome yes let's do it sorry dude i got a migraine i can't record all right why don't you just next week let's do it my kids won't go to sleep i'm sorry i can't do it <laughs> and, and then last week i'm supposed to be on and you're like yo you ready for tonight Oh my God, I didn't put it on my calendar. I can't, you're like, dude, it's okay. Next week. And I'm like, right away, I put it on my calendar. I'm like, and I, I screenshot it. I'm like, on my calendar for real. Yeah. This is happening. So, yes, absolutely. I am your hard to rely on best friend of the show. <laughs> Actually, you know, that reminds me of a lot of my friends. So, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. But, uh, you know, now after just, you know, after we just got done talking, I now realize that last week you were probably just busy, you know, buying cards and, and uh, oh my God. breaking I, boxes uh, and, and doing all that. But, so uh, probably I got to be honest, I have no idea. Like we're sitting here talking and I've got eBay notifications going nuts right now. Like I just lost a Chase Edmonds card and I got to be honest, I'm not too broken up about it. But still, like I, I, I bid on that for a reason. I wanted it and it's gone now. <laughs> so how does that work with uh, James Conner going over there now? Like uh, w when you're breaking a box, is he considered a Steeler card or is he considered a, a Cardinal card now? Oh, you always got to go with Jersey on the card because it could just okay. get too complicated and people can get pissed off way too easily. And it's just so much simpler to have your rule, especially because like if I broke a box last week, James Conner is a Steeler. If I break a box this week, that's kind of crappy to not have like that. Say that same person bought the Steelers. Like, he can't get that card. So, no, it's always color on the card is the person that it goes to. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. So, like I said, I wanted to switch it up and uh, not just cover the same crap we've all been covering. And, uh, <laughs> or at least I've been covering over and over again. Um, I, actually, I do feel like I, I probably need to talk about the rookie running backs a little bit more. But, you know, like kind of like what we were talking about before. You know, I feel like draft capital is so important for them that I, yeah. I kind of want just wanted to wait until we at least get a little closer to the draft. Maybe get some like really reliable some mock buzz drafts or something. That, like, yeah, like we could really talk about Jamar Jefferson, count. how great we think he is, but if he doesn't get drafted to the seventh. We don't need to talk about Jamar Jefferson anymore. Exactly. So I, I kind of just wanted to wait and uh, and figure all that out. But we can always talk about trades, and yes, uh, always. we can always talk about strategy. Obviously, it's your favorite time of the year. It is non-point scoring season. Non-point scoring season, baby. This is my time. <laughs> and actually, you know, I will say, you know, last year I, I was kind of just getting into the game and just trying to figure out what the hell this show was and what I was doing and all that kind yep. of stuff. This year, it's 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 completely different feeling. And, you know, like I've gone more into like research mode and I'm creating models and I'm putting out rankings. I'm doing all that kind of stuff. It just feels different. So I, I kind of... This is like the first true year where I feel like I'm in that non-point scoring season where like I'm really like loving the game, enjoying the nice. game, and and so I, I really do love it. it. It's a lot of fun. 
but I, I feel like we're kind of getting into startup season. I don't know. I told you before I, I did a startup before the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, that's nuts. That is that is absolutely next level, something I've never even done before. So good for you, man, or bad for you. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was actually it was actually my Harry Potter league. Um, and now the the funny thing, of course, is that now I've joined your Harry Potter league. So yes. apparently I'm a giant Harry Potter nerd. And, uh, and that's hey, like don't my hate. weakness. That's who cares? Yeah, man. Hey, geek. Geeks are a thing nowadays, you know. It's not back when I was a kid in, in like elementary school getting beaten up for reading Batman comics. Like imagine right now getting beat up for liking Batman. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. But yeah, no, absolutely. I, I definitely got shoved around in high school no less. For for reading my <laughs> comics, yeah, absolutely, damn job. So, do you know? Uh, you've been doing this a little bit longer than me. Do you know, like, what is actually considered like startup season? Is it after the the NFL draft? Is it like right before? Oh, there's always levels, team? right? Because if you ask me, the best. I always I feel weird or bad saying like the best because no I'm not telling you you're doing it wrong if you don't do it the way I like it the way I like it the best. Let's put it that way. I love doing a startup draft with the rookie picks in it. So you draft the picks themselves and then you do the rookie draft after the NFL draft or you know, hell before I have, I have one rookie draft before the draft and I'm very excited. Nice. It starts in five days. Uh, so honestly, my usual startup time is like late February because like we said before, like I have very, very little real downtime when it comes to dynasty, but after my payouts, because, you know, I, I run a ton of leagues. So <laughs> after my payouts and until the Super Bowl, I got to be honest, I don't even watch that much football. I don't watch that much playoff football, <laughs> which is kind of weird to say. But, yeah, like I'll catch a game or two, but I don't like watch it religiously like I do during the season. And like the Super Bowl hits and I'm just like, oh, all right. Now what? All right. OK. <laughs> um, yeah. Like It took a whole of like 20 minutes for Rocky to convince me to create Trade Addicts 9. And I think we did the draft. We started the draft probably in like the late teens of February. You know, it it doesn't take very long. So February is that first wave for me. Um, right now is that second wave where it's. Oh, man, the draft is almost here. The draft. Wait. We need rookie drafts. I don't have enough. Let's draft with rookie picks so we can do rookie picks. <laughs> uh, so there's that little rush right now before the draft. And then you have that June area where people like to do their drafts with the rookies involved, uh, which our Harry Potter draft is going to be because I'm far too lazy to create all of those custom rookie numbers with 48 freaking teams. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I did that for my for my Harry Potter one, and uh, it's it's not fun. I can no, yeah. I, you, I love the idea of it. I, I don't want to do it. Is what it, it's funny. Like, I, I was thinking when I was putting the league together, and I'm like, oh, it would be so cool to use spells. I don't want to track that. Don't want to do it. Yeah. So I made the, yeah. So I, I did not do that. I made the league super simplistic, but again, we're not talking, we're not here. Well, we can talk about Harry Potter leagues the entire show if you want. That's that, that's not what you brought me here for. Um, so yeah, I think that's really the wave. And then you get the very last minute in August, like, all right, the yeah. season's about to start. You know, I could probably set one more lineup. Let's do another startup. <laughs> like, so there there is no such thing as startup time because there's different la layers of startup time depending on how degenerate you are. If you're a crazy man like you are, you do one during the freaking playoffs. But usually that, that second, third week of February, that like two weeks after the Super Bowl, you're like, all right, now what? I'm bored. There's no football for a long time. There's no free agency for like six, eight weeks. What the hell am I supposed to do? Let's start another league. Why not? I don't have enough. So it, <laughs> yeah. it's all very depending on who you are, what you do, and wh when when you like to do things. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. It, this probably is that like, second wave, but I, I feel like I felt like we we're back in it you know like we're back in that like realm yeah. of, of oh absolutely of yeah no everything. you can see it on twitter where everyone's like anyone got any of them startups going or hey got two more spots left in this startup you definitely start seeing those tweets out a lot right now because you know every, we're building up to the draft the nfl draft and everyone's getting excited and the best way to get excited is to have that new team because everything's old news like all right i have 30 teams but I drafted those teams years ago. It doesn't matter that I just traded for some guys. It's old. I I, I need new. <laughs> I need the new hotness. So you go exactly. and you draft a new team for it. So I'm uh, I'm actually in a startup as we speak. Um, it's another nerdy one. Uh, it's an Infinity Stones league. Uh, kind of yes. like a, a I was, Thanos. And, and, uh, I was invited to that, but I was like, dude, I I just I can't. I I'm bring, uh, Harry Potter league. Say no yep. because you want to do the Harry Potter League right. You don't want to rush it. You don't want to <laughs> screw it up. You are not joining more leagues. I, I had to talk myself out hard from joining that yeah. league. Basically, it's an Empire League. Um, you mm-hmm. you have to get all uh, six? Six Infinity mm-hmm. Stones? Five, six, whatever many it is. And uh, One for each finger, then one for the middle of the hand. That's that. There you go. So six. So yeah, you have to get all... Once you get all six, then the league doesn't disband, but you you start up again. You do another startup draft, yep. and so you know, you start start from scratch. Oh and, man, you should uh, kick out half the people. Oh, that would be so be oh, so good. Actually, that, oh, that's actually a great idea. Kick out the bottom half, uh, like that. That never scored any, you know, got any of the infinity stones. Actually, I'm actually going to pitch that right now because if we're not even done with the draft. Like, we do it. That's do that. so, oh, that's so good. Actually, I really like that. I'm definitely going to take note of that. But I wanted to ask you, like, uh, when you're when you're going into uh, into a startup, are are there any set strategies that you have? Are you always trying to like just play the board, like whatever the board gives you? Um, and then obviously with like as far as trades, I mean, are you always looking to trade? Which you're a trade addict. I'm, I'm assuming I already know uh, that yeah. answer. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that answer. Or do I? Uh, it, it's really funny. Like if you ever talk to poker players, the right way to play poker is you don't play your cards. You play the other players. And the problem is when I play poker, I play my cards. I, I can't help it. Like sometimes <laughs> I could read people a little bit. Like you, you can see the fidget. You can sort of, after a while you tell how they bet. But like if I have like nine, 10 and I see almost a straight on that board, I'm not folding. I don't care. Like I play my cards because it's fun that way. But in a draft, you don't play the draft. You have to play everyone else in it. Um, like right now it is, it used to be the smart thing to do to trade back. Now it's just the thing to do. Everybody wants yeah. to do it. So, so what do you do? You trade up nice and cheap because everyone just has it in their brains. They have to move back. So you're getting really good value. In tra- in Trade Addicts 9, I traded up for the 101 and the 103. <laughs> like, Oh, wow. I think I, I started at the, I had the 105. And I moved up to the 103 and then traded my second and third for the 108. Traded the one traded for the the 103 for the one uh plus i can't remember what else for the 101 and then the 108 for my and my 20 whatever first to move up to the one and something else for the 103 like i just everyone else is okay yeah let's do this man so i walked yeah. away with mahomes and kyler to start my team i didn't have a dra- another pick until the 412 but i'm not gonna be sad about starting out my team with mahomes kyler and chris godwin like <laughs> exactly especially because you 
okay, if you're a running back person, doing this is a bad move. Because once you get past, like, the third round of a startup, running backs get kind of slim. But if you're like me, who just doesn't like running backs, and especially in the trade addicts leagues, we only need to start one anyway, you can get one in the sixth and feel fine about it. So that's exactly what I did. I kept trading up. I was screw it to the second and thirds. Don't get me wrong. Like Rocky traded it and he had four, four seconds and two thirds. That's really tough to say. His team is so damn good. Like there's so <laughs> much value in the second, especially these days because everyone is drafting quarterbacks in the first. You know, it's like 10 out of 12 picks in the first round are quarterbacks. So you can build a hell of a roster. But also, who cares? It's more fun this way. And so, yes, the answer is I'm always trading. But you have to see what people are doing. If you see everyone going, you know, I'm not thrilled with this pick. Looking to move back. Looking to move back. Looking to move back. All right, let's see how how badly do you want to move back and how far right. is it okay to move back. And you end up finding really good value in moving up. So, again, yeah, I do I have a set value, literally a set strategy? Literally never. And if I do, it usually gets thrown out in the first 20 seconds because I try and trade back and everyone else does. I'm like, oh, well, that's not going to work. <laughs> no, I, I think, like you said, it, it's so it, it, it's so popular to go ahead and trade back now because be, people have realized like you gain a lot of value by doing that. Like, sure, you might not be a, an amazing team in year one, but by year two, year three, like you're going to be really, really good. The problem is, is that now 75% of people are doing that. And that's when, like you said, you know, you kind of have to play the field. You have to kind of see what exactly what is going on. So I, I feel like the right way to do it is just like you said, to see what these, what the other teams are doing and then yeah. just kind of play off of it and, and see where the value is. I did actually did a very similar thing in the startup that I'm in right now. Um, I had the one Oh five and I traded up for the one Oh two. I traded uh, my two Oh eight, my startup two Oh eight and, and four Oh eight. And then we swapped 22 first. And then I gave up my 22 second and he gave up and he gave me his 23 second. Um, and I got 102 and then I took Kyler and I took Herbert. So I started off with Kyler and Herbert at 102, 105. And then I progressed from there. I took uh, C Lamb and I took Najee Harris and I just took Keenan Allen. And that's as far as we've gotten so far. And how sexy is that roster, even though you spend <laughs> capital to trade up? See, like it's, I don't know if it's just the fact that it's funny, like the same reason you have for trading back is kind of the same thing for trading up because you trade back because there's such good depth, there's such good players you can get in the fourth. All right, so why not get two first round picks while you're at it? You know, give yeah. up your second and third, get a, an extra, you know, try and like squeeze your, an extra fourth out of the guy when you're trading into the first and you're starting your team like crazy good. And again, maybe when you do that you, you there's more risk because if one of your first busts you're a little screwed like you know if kyler gets hurt and misses the year oh my god why did i just say that out loud um <laughs> oh, <man. but> like <laughs> yeah sorry i just ruined that for both of us um but like if if one of your first misses, yeah you have a little bit more of a risk because your next best player assuming you drafted players in their best order, how they produce, which never really happens. We all know that, but yeah, you have like a three rounds gap. So your next best valued player, how about that? Let's actually word things correctly, but still it doesn't matter. Like at the, especially in the non-point scoring season, it doesn't matter just how pretty does your, how good do you feel about your roster? That's what really matters. And yeah. I feel damn good about that roster because I, well, I traded away Kareem Hunt, even though he was the only running back I had. 
But my wide, I, I freaking love every single wide receiver I have. I have, you know, like Logan Thomas, Gronk, and OJ Howard at tight ends, which I feel great about, especially now with Fitzpatrick in Washington. I feel even better about Logan Thomas. Like, yeah. like I love this team I threw together because I didn't think after trading all of that away, I would still get, who do I have? Godwin, Juju. Deontay Johnson, I grew them both thinking that Juju would go somewhere, but that's still right. fine. Like, I have all these really good uh, Adam Thielen, I, you know, you can grab in, like, the seventh or eighth because nobody wants old people. He's still going to put up 200-something <laughs> points. So, like, you really, like, and then you see when, like, the reason I got Thielen is because you see everyone I saw. It's not a generality. It's, like, what I saw in my draft. A lot of people were going young. And that's usually part of the thing of trading back is you trade back so you can get the extra draft picks in the future so you can get young, the whole productive struggle thing. So I'm like, all right, I can take this. I can take Deontay Johnson right now because I know no one's going to take Adam Thielen, even though they're, I'm making this up. I don't really like their ADPs are next to each other, yeah. but I, I know Thielen's going to last another round because the three guys that are after me all want young people. So like, it, it's absolutely reading the room. And I guess that is technically the same as reading the draft, but you have to sort of look a little in the future to sort of guess what's going to be there. Like, like that's the one thing that is better in auctions than it is in, in drafts. Like you don't really have to predict what's going to happen before your next pick in an auction. In an auction, you're just like, I, I like money. I'm going to spend money. I'm going to spend money on that guy because <laughs> yeah. I like that guy. Which don't listen to me about auctions. I'm awful at that. <laughs> uh, I am not good at budgeting money, uh, which is bad because I work in accounting. <laughs> but that's again besides the point. Um, but yeah, so it absolutely, my long-winded ramble is all about reading the people around you and going with a strategy if you want to, but be willing to drop it at the drop of a hat which I tried not to use the same word in my metaphor, but I did it anyway. <laughs> um, but because when you realize eight of the 12 people are trying to do the same thing you're doing, it's not going to work very well. Yeah, that's so true. And so, uh, I, you know, apparently at this point, we're just going to cover my draft because I have a lot of trades. <laughs> why, why have a podcast if you're not going to talk about your own stuff? I literally made a podcast based around my leagues, so it's that's, fine. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I after I made that trade, I, I started off with Herbert and Kyler and I felt really good about it. But then I started looking at my team and I'm like, man, I don't have that second and fourth now. I kind of wish I had a, you know something around that range. I had my third, obviously, but um, I had 305. And then I was like, man, I'm going to see. I, I noticed that the guy who had 304 was was trading back. He was accumulating 22 first. And so I sent him a uh, 22 first, my 608 and my 808 in the startup and I got his 304 and 804 love it and uh and so then I, I then now I had the 304 and the 305 on top of of Kyler and Herbert <laughs> but then when the 304 came around this was like in the second round when I actually made the trade but then when the 304 came around um someone sent me a trade <laughs> and so I sent the 304 and the 804 and my 22 third for a 22 second, a tw my or uh, I'm sorry, the 409 and the 611. So I got the 409, the 611, and 22 second, and sent the 304 and the 804. And because uh, at that point I kind of felt like I was, it, it it benefited me to go ahead and trade back. You know, Absolutely. it just it made sense. <laughs> you know, like I got a 22 second out of it on, on top of it. So I. I 
kind of still sticking with like gaining value and like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, no, what you did was exactly right. And you did it in both of your trades. Always get pieces. Never really try and get one piece back. Because what you see is like you swapped those later first. So you still had your first and you're going to use that later on. You get right. a sixth round pick coming back. That means you have two sixths, which means you can package a, a six and an eight to get to the fifth or something like yeah. that. Always get something back no matter how small, no matter how late it is. Even if you're like, all right, do this and throw me a 20th round pick. Because when you get to round 15, that extra 20th pick's going to help you. Right. Always get something back. Always get, even if you think it's nothing, because you're dealing in first through third rounds, no one's going to think twice about adding a 20th round pick to a trade. But get yeah, it. Even even that uh, that first trade when I traded up for 304, um, the or original offer that he, he actually, now that I think about it, he actually sent me the offer and then I countered. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I changed is I added the 808 and the 804. So I gained four spots four, yeah. on, in the eighth round. That was it. That was the only change I made. But to me, maybe it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I mean, maybe it did, yeah, maybe it didn't. It's I don't something, know. man. But yeah, it, it just, it's four spots. And if you can do that twice, if you can do that three times, four times or whatever, all of a sudden now you're, you have a seventh instead of an eighth. You know, like, but, but also, it, like, think about it. Let's say some value falls into the eighth. And someone else wants to get that value that's falling. You now have the earlier pick that someone has to trade for. You don't yeah. have the, you know, that guy isn't getting the better trade than you are because you have that earlier pick now. It, every, every, I'm not saying you have to fight for every set. I'm not saying you no. should ruin a trade for these things. But if it's not going to break a deal or if you are just trying to make smaller pieces so that the puzzle fits together, get those small pieces thrown in because or those little swaps to go to move up a little bit because like you said even if it doesn't really matter you still it, you still get something better out of it you still get to pick that guy can't snipe you because you went <laughs> right. first now and that was the thing like i liked the trade but i didn't love the trade as it is when he sent it to me yeah and, but and, and i'm not saying like going from 808 to 804 made me love the trade but it just made me like it a little bit more and so i was okay with it at that point and you know like the thing is like and and the person that i made the trade with is a listener of the show and he's going to hear this and everything and <laughs> it's not like i it's not like i i you know had one over on him or anything like that like he Honestly, I feel like it was a legit trade because of of what he was trying to do. He was the one that was trying to accumulate all those twenty two firsts, and and uh, he actually has six twenty two firsts at this point. So, oh wow, he, yeah, he like he did his job. Like he did. Oh, yeah, what no, he was he's doing what he do. wanted. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like I screwed him over or anything like that. Like I feel like it was a good trade for both of us, but we just we were looking to do different things, and we were looking to accumulate value in different ways, yeah. and. Uh, but that was that was my goal, just to get it out to the listeners. Like that was my goal was to gain just a little bit more, you know, just you know, in, in the eighth round. And like the eighth round, when you're sitting in the second, and like when I made the trade, it was in the second round. The eighth round seems like it's never gonna come because exactly. you're in the second yes. round, like that kind exactly. of thing. Yeah. But then six rounds go by, and you're in the eighth round, and you're like, holy shit, there's actually some good players here, you know? Like I can still pick up a, a Deontay Johnson. Actually, you know, I don't want to say good players and Deontay Johnson in the same sense. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm like I'm legal at this point. I'm legally obligated to say that anytime I mention Deontay or <laughs> or, 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 or anybody <laughs> like that. <laughs> but no, it, uh, I mean, no you're honestly, absolutely been, right. Oh, good. 
No, because I was going to say, like, usually the time where I feel like players get kind of meh, 15, 16. Like, when you hit mm. those rounds, it ADP goes out the window. It turns into very go-get-your-guy. But anything before that, even, like, round 12, you find very good role players for your team that are very, very useful. So if you could sneak up into those, get that little extra value in those rounds sacrifice you know like around 20 like like i was saying go get your round 20s that's why you do it so you can throw those extra ones in and it doesn't mean anything to your draft so you can go go move up and find where that tier is for you where it's like all right i'm probably never starting these guys but i gotta fill my roster right <laughs> you know our dynasty exactly. rosters are 28 people it's not 17 so let's keep drafting so at that point yeah like you build up those later picks so you can then at the last minute Hey, look, I'll give you 18, 19, and a 20 for your 15. And someone's probably going to say, yeah, sure, because why not? Because that's three picks. And then you're, it literally means nothing to you because those are all extra picks. And then you get that one last guy at the bottom of your roster that, hey, that guy's going to be awesome and win you the championship. I'm just telling you right now. I don't care who it is. That, that guy's going to win it for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, uh, not to harp on it too much, but like moving up from the 808 to 804, uh, you know, how many times have you been sniped on a pick, you know, at 807 yeah. and you're picking 808 and, you know, you get sniped. And so moving up to the 804 gives you a little bit more flexibility, not to absolutely trades and everything else. But uh, there's actually been, I want to say, 25 trades so far in that league. It, it almost feels like a trade addicts league uh, at this point. We're only we're only at um, 702 in the startup and we've had 25 dra- or trades. Nice. So yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're shaking and baking and, and moving <laughs> and grooving and all that kind of good stuff. But um, it, it's been, a, it's been a great league. I, I'd love to shout out all the people, but uh, they know who they are. And, hey, we got time. Every single one of them <laughs> go do it. Oh uh, man. Actually, I don't even know their ats or else I probably would, but, <laughs> but they're all good people. They know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we've kind of gone, I mean, I, like I said, I could go over, I've, I've made at least eight trades myself, but we don't need to go into every single trade and all that kind of stuff. But um, once you get into like the middle or later rounds, I know you were kind of saying like, obviously you want to get some of those later rounds for depth pieces or to possibly mm-hmm. trade back up and that kind of thing. Uh, but do you have, do you have more of a specific strategy once you get to the that point or uh, is it still the same? Like you just, no matter what, like you're always looking to, to gain value. You're always looking to At a certain point. You just sort of start drafting the guys you like, like you'll see even in a trade addicts league where there is hyperbo- hyperbolically a hundred trades by round 12, there's probably going to be 13 by the end of the draft at that point, just because are you like, you're just like, all right, no, all right. None of these guys are probably going to start, but I kind of like Van Jefferson. Sure, I'm just going to take him here. (laughs) You know, every once in a while, you'll get a trade to move up just because you want to make sure you get that one guy that you think is going to be something in four years. You know, like it's after a while, you just sort of take your pick. And okay, yeah, I trade for the sake of trading because I get bored. So I'm like, (laughs) oh, man, I don't pick for 11 picks. Screw that noise. You know, let's trade up. But no, like, there's no real strategy. Like, what I do like to do, like, that's when, when you're drafting guys that you don't think will ever start or just super depth pieces that you hope you don't have to start, that's when you should really be drafting backup quarterbacks in in a super flex league. 
Like, that's when I grab, like, Marcus Mariota and stuff like that. Like, I have him on, like, almost every team at this point. Um, well, I've, I've always been a believer, so it, it's it's going to happen again one day. Um, like, but, but like I mean, I'm not saying, like, grab, grab the Matt Schaubs of the world anymore. Like, you don't have to do that to the end. But, you know, like, I'm trying to think, like, of good examples besides Mariota that I'm kind of blanking on because Jordan Love and those kind of goes will go much earlier. Well, obviously Jalen Hurts from last year, you know. Like yeah, that well, again, yeah, but again, like, you're not, we're not talking, like, rookies or sophomores anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, uh, in, the, like, in the 20-something round, why not grab Colt McCoy? You know, we've seen uh, Daniel Jones miss a couple of games. So that's a guy you might start and a guy you might trade to the Daniel Jones owner when he busts his ankle again. Or even you know? this year, you know, Mitch Trubisky, like you, you could probably get him extremely cheap. Yeah, you can, you definitely like, are getting him in the teens. You know, yeah, and Josh and Josh Allen is not guaranteed to stay healthy with the way he runs and everything. I mean, any any rushing quarterback, which I guess I've seen some like articles on it saying like they don't get hurt more, but I mean, we see mm. running backs get hurt all the time, yeah. so I don't know how running quarterbacks can't get hurt all the time too. Yeah, but I mean, Josh yeah. Allen is a rough one because it's like at the beginning, Cam Newton never got hurt because they're both built like freaking linebackers. That's but no, like that's very you true see too. Lamar and you see Kyler running, you just get <laughs> like you, you know you yeah. cringe but every like, single but time. At the same time, like. Out. People like to hate on Trubisky, but at the same time, like I feel like he's like startable. You know, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, and he's very startable. In fact, like Mitch Trubisky isn't that bad when Nagy let him do what he can do. Exactly. Go back and Which look is to what see they've done with Josh Allen. Exactly. They've like let go Josh back and Allen look... do what he does. You know, you, you kind of have to, uh, but like. Well, yeah. You you go back and look when Trubisky was at his worst was when he tried to Nagy tried to get Trubisky to play like Nick Foles. That's why he went on got Nick Foles because that's what he needs. He needs a statue in the pocket. That's not Trubisky. You don't want no. him standing still. You need him no. running in circles and throwing the ball because that's the only time he's decent is when he's running. Well, not running forward, running like side to side because he doesn't know what's going on. But like he does well, and the offense at least does better for fantasy. Let's put it that way, like. David Montgomery did better when Trubisky was playing, and yes. oh, Allen Robinson. I think everyone yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm saying it out loud, everyone kind of did, but that's also because Foles is just isn't good. But besides the point, and I forgot what the point actually was because I forgot where we started. Yeah, drafting Trubisky late, exactly like drafting those guys that, especially quarterbacks that have got hurt before, like uh, uh, drafting Brissett. Because I think he's a backup in Miami now, right? Um, uh, yep, whoever, yep. whoever's the backup for the Colts these days, I can't remember who's there anymore. Because yeah, I, I don't really know who was backing up Rivers last year, and Rivers is gone, so I have absolutely no idea who's behind. Oh, him. I, I mean, I guess it was Jacob Eason. Oh, Jacob Eason's still, still there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man, wow, wow, I blanked on a young guy. Yeah, uh, yeah like, <laughs> go grab Jacob Eason. You don't have to spend on him. You could, pro- you'll definitely get him in the later teens at this point. But like, yep. instead of grabbing, um. I'm trying to think of like some the Taylor Gabriel's gone, but like Zacharias Olamides is that the the guy's name on the Falcons? That Olamide really wa- Zacharias or Zacchaeus. No, I had it backwards. Olamides yeah. Zacchaeus, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like instead of grabbing close, that guy who who was great in like three games for no real reason, go grab a quarterback. Go grab a guy that. Let's face it, that wide receiver, like you know, Julio Jones gets hurt. He does that, and. That wide receiver that I completely forgot his name already does really well for two games. He's still in the, his value is not going anywhere because no. Julio Jones Even is coming Russell back. Gage, Russell Gage isn't like, like yeah, like they people get really excited about him. Maybe you could trade them if that happens for a third for like if you're lucky. Yeah. But like let's face it, 
Daniel Jones goes down for six games, you're getting a second for Colt McCoy. It's just yep. you know the way Superflex works. You're Jimmy gonna find G goes down and and people lose their mind about Nick Mullins and and CJ. That was and... oh man, like that was such a special case. Like every because first of all, <laughs> well, I mean Garoppolo isn't good. Let's let's put that what it is. But no. everyone was so hung on the fact that they believed that both Bethard and Mullins were better than Garoppolo, and yeah. I think we just saw none of them are good. And, Which, and not only that, but like, but that they were actually good, you know, like not just like better than Jimmy G, but like actually good in general. And, uh, and then like, we kind of saw like, none of them are good. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. why, that's why they they traded up for a quarterback. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause so, like, yeah. the NFL is kind of telling you exactly what they felt about Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, yeah. and Jimmy G. Yeah, exactly. So no, that, that's what I like to do. It's it's trying to find specific things. Like that's when you want to grab your second, third string running backs, because uh, that's why, again, like I, 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 you can't say zero RB anymore because that just sets people off. But like, I, I don't like <laughs> running backs. It's, it's the, it's the truth of how I play fantasy. I'm yep. especially in my leagues where you only have to start one. I only want one real one on my team of any value. All of the rest of them are going to be second, third string guys, and that's right. when you scoop them up because like you can get Geo, God knows how late, and now he's yep. going to be a thing. I'm telling you, he's going to be a thing in Tampa. You know, like everyone's right away. Oh, next James White, probably not, but still, he's going to no. be very usable because, especially, I mean, Fournette's been doing pretty well, but you know, him and Geo were super. Like, like remember, man, how many years ago was that? Are we like, is it really that long ago? That's like eight years ago with uh, Jeremy Hill and Geo Bernard. Like that feels like forever ago at this time. It was. Like the, I'm pretty. I, I want to say that uh, Geo was the 2014 class. So I mean, it was seven years ago. Wow, I almost hit that on the head, and I was just yeah. trying to kind of exaggerate. Uh, yeah. But like, it, it gives a feel to that because, well, I mean, Hill could catch the ball well enough, but you'd never try to. You threw it to Geo. That's what he was there for. I feel like yeah. that's what him and Fournette are going to be. Like, I think it's time we just realized that Rojo is not going to be a thing. Keyshawn Vaughn, sorry, not going to be a thing. Like, I, at least I, not, I, on this team, I have, at least. I have not heard anyone say this. I'm, I'm not saying like I'm the only one thinking it, but like I wonder if Rojo is actually going to make the team at this point because they they re-signed Fournette. Keyshawn, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round last year, and then they went and got Geo. Yeah, I just no... I, I wonder if Rojo is going to be gone. Um, and honestly, like, it's know, probably of, for the best for him because it's clearly for the best he's not for everyone. You yeah, know, he's, honestly, like he's not their game plan, and he could find a way to get whatever team he goes to from here. He will be in better standings than where he is right now on his own team. Yeah, because honestly, a team is point, going like, to I feel like he to might actually him. he might actually be at least the third, if not even the fourth. Because I mean, obviously, you already have. Don't ever listen to what Bruce Arians says, but oh, you already God, have Bruce yes. Arians freaking talking about, <laughs> you know, Keyshawn Vaughn and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I feel like that ship has sailed. Like when Tom Brady's like, "Hey, dude, I can't even like look at you in the passing game." Then at that point, you're like, "No, you're not even going to get on the field." Yeah. <laughs> like, you miss, a, miss a miss a blitz pickup for Tom Brady, and you're never finding your way back on. It doesn't and, and matter if you it. run for two hundred yards it. and a touchdown he, because Fournette missed a game. It doesn't matter. He missed. He missed. Uh, blitz pickups he fumbled he he dropped passes he did all of it you know like the only thing he did was when the the one of the best o-lines in the league opened up a jeep sized hole he ran really fast through it like that was the that's, only that's thing what that he did. <laughs> exactly that was the only thing he did and but i mean it, it does worry me you were saying like it would actually be better for him if he goes into uh, uh you know a, a, goes to another team but 
is another team going to have that O-line? Because, I mean, it, I don't think the, the Bucks O-line even gets the respect that it deserved from last year. Like, they were literally one of the best. I, I want to say in the Super Bowl, uh, I, I don't remember the exact numbers. And so I could, this could be... Don't make it up. It's fine. I'll agree with you. But yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, you're right, man. No, that's good. I, I want to say that there were uh, like 50-something pressures on Patrick Mahomes and five on Tom Brady. Oh well, I mean, I, the, the I, Chiefs' offensive line is not numbers, really super but fair, was, but yeah, no, but but five compared to fifty, yeah, like, exactly. Come on, yeah. <laughs> and, and the Chiefs do have a decent pass rush, which you're you're right. That does say something about the the Bucks O line. But I mean, what if he goes to Chicago and he's the guy behind Montgomery? I think that's a really good spot for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm completely Montgomery making it up down. because you know Tariq Cohen's back and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, like, there are but teams with decent enough offensive role. lines. That yeah, he, he fits it, that role. If he can get an offensive line, you know, like you know, maybe he can go to the Colts and he can be in the JT, oh my uh, God. Ronald Jones, Matt, Marlon Mack, you know, all of them. Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Jordan Hines. Wilkins, Naheem Hines, all of them. It's like, fuck it. Why not? Sure, go for it. <laughs> no, um, all right. So we we talked about Ronald Jones for way too long, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I don't want to specifically talk about rookie rookie players, but mm-hmm. like rookie drafts, obviously are going to happen either uh, like in the Infinity Stone League that I'm in. Rookies are actually involved in the draft, not yeah. the rookie picks, but the actual yeah, rookies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the one that I did, the Harry Potter League that I did in, in uh, February, the it was the rookie picks. Mm-hmm. But regardless, we're going to be having rookie drafts here pretty soon. Uh, you yep. know, most of them happen in May. Some people talk about in August. I don't know if I could ever wait until could, August. No, no. no. Um, when I was I was setting up the the Dynasty Diagnostic Championship League with Stompy and Aton. This was like three years ago at this point. And Aton was like, "Let's just do the rookie draft in July because everyone else does theirs right away. Let's have let's let's wait for ours." No. No. I get this isn't my podcast, but I'm helping you run this league. No, I'm not waiting that long. I'm just not doing it. No. Yeah. <laughs> and no. We'll do it right it, away. It, now. It's terrible. And I've had a couple of like home leagues and stuff talk about like pushing it back. And I'm like, no, uh, hey, yeah, look, I, I get it that I'm one out of 12 voices, but like, I will always vote. No, yeah. at the very least. And, um, and I, you know, I, I'm even getting to the point where I like, uh, I'm not dropping any leagues or anything like that, but like I'm, I'm only adding leagues that I'm commissioning or that I very, I know the commissioner very, very well, and I know exactly how they're going to run it. I know exactly how they're going to do things and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but point of the story is, uh, exa- when you're going into rookie drafts, is is there any kind of like particular strategy that you're always looking for? Is it best player available? Is it like team needs? Is it anything like that? And then obviously, um, how I guess maybe this year. Actually, you know, answer the first question, then I'll ask you the second <laughs> question. I feel like they're very two very different questions. All right. Well, the easy answer is you draft for value, you trade for need. Never, never, never in a rookie draft draft for need. If you are depending on your rookie draft to get players to put in your starting lineup, you're probably not going to be very happy about that. Now, clearly, if we're talking Zeke or Saquon Barkley, or if Najee Harris lands on the Steelers, which I'm gonna I'm gonna say it out loud until it happens in the real world because that's <laughs> such a good fit. You like, already ruined you already ruined Kyler. Now you're gonna ruin Najee. Like, no, no, what I'm, else? <laughs> it's, it's gonna happen. I'm telling you. I, oh man, uh, like you really like. It's wonderful when rookies work out their first year. 
Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, at least for a while, Dak was around. Like yeah. that that's awesome. Justin Herbert, that's awesome. But you don't have a team, you're like, I'm a championship team if I just get this first round pick right. That's not <laughs> right. how that works. So right. what you really do is you trade for value, you draft for value, you draft the best guy there that either A, two years from now could be great for your team, or you draft now because you can't trade out of it. You can't trade back, and you draft a guy that you know at least his value won't go down. Like That's the scariest part of drafting rookies is you can draft Keyshawn Vaughn, and his value went down fast if you draft it oh, early man. like he bad. the buzz got him up into the end of the first and then five weeks later he was worth a third like his value <laughs> tanks like first of all okay that's a lie it shouldn't have gotten up in the first place i don't no. know why his value went crazy no. but it did but he and, went and, to the bucks Not yeah it was but still like it, it went nuts and like quickly it fell so you want to find at least the most insulated value which why I hate saying these words out loud. Kyle Pitts in a, in a tight end premium league is one of the safest draft picks you will make short of Trevor Lawrence. Because if Kyle Pitts scores one touchdown this entire season, his value is going up. It's like we because tight ends shouldn't do anything in year one. They don't. The only time they really do. Evan Engram when the entire other offense is is hurt. That's the only time yeah. rookie tight ends do anything. I mean, Gronk, Jimmy Graham, Travis Kelsey, second year, all of them. I mean, Hawk had a he, he had a great first year when he caught like 600 yards and four touchdowns. That was a great rookie year for a tight end. But the thing is, there was so much hype around Hawk, his value went up from that. And it's the same thing with Kyle Pitts. He's so hyped to talk that he could be the 101 in one quarterback leagues or the 102 in Superflex. So if you grab him at the 105, 106, which is like the earliest ever he should be drafted for me, his value is going to go up if he does anything decent. And if he does literally nothing, if he doesn't step on the field, he's still worth the 105, 106 next year, at least. You know, his value is not going to drop. Jamar Chase, I mean, these guys that are super solid, um, I think is really like, that's my goal, is if I'm in a draft and I don't, this draft is different because like everyone has something to say about these players. But like <laughs> last year, there was like you hit a point, not last year, year before, like with the, the David Montgomery and all of those guys, Miles Sanders, where it was just like a very draft. Like you hit a point where you're just like, who do I think will be worth enough in a couple of weeks that I'll be able to trade him for a little more than what I just paid for him? Yep. And, you know, that's when you drafted A.J. Brown. And if you held on to him, you were thrilled. But even still, even if you traded him or anything, you, it got a little better. D.K. Metcalf, you, know, you got him at the end of the first. But now, I mean, it didn't even take two years, not even now, a couple of months later when he, you know, I, I'm a Seahawks fan. I did not see them being so smart with him. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah. It confused me how good they were with him. Like, if you see his route tree progress over the his rookie year, like, it literally started with go route, go route, go route. Okay, post route, post route. Okay, cut out, 
cut out. Like they slowly expanded his route tree, and it was brilliant and not something the Seahawks normally do, especially with wide receivers. But not, like, and not and not something you can expect from every team, you know. Like exactly right. I, and I feel like people are, you know, people are gonna go forward thinking like, okay, when we get another guy that's really athletic and tall and like that kind of thing, he's gonna be the next DK Metcalf. But if the Bengals draft them or the Browns or like whoever, like one of these lesser Bite your tongue teams, with T Higgins, boy. I'm just saying like if one <laughs> of these lesser teams draft him that aren't, especially don't have the coaching in place. Yes. That is always know, like, very important, especially nowadays. Like, people, people like to hate on Pete Carroll, but like he's, he's obviously been a, a great coach for a long time. And you know, like, yeah, maybe, maybe he doesn't make the best choices, uh, you know, like per play and that kind of thing, but I'm sure he's actually a great coach you know, coach, like he can actually make, uh, good decisions for players and, and things of that nature. But, um, but yeah, like I, I just, I worry that like people look at like every athletic guy, like a chase Claypool or whatever. Well, it, and just yeah. We always, like he, they're going to be the next DK. And well, just, just even stop at, stop after your second word, we have to stop with the next. Yeah. Like how long were we chasing the next David Johnson? How long have we been chasing the next Tyreek Hill? We need to just knock it the hell off because there is no the next, especially now because the NFL has changed so much to the point where everyone is so unique. Like imagine trying to call LaVisca Chenault the next something. He's such a Oh, people do it all the time. They say he's the next AJ Brown. No, (laughs) no, he is nothing like AJ. Like I get body wise, maybe he is, but like, again, it's just so wrong. That's the problem. They they see a guy that that's, you know, uh, what is it? Six, one, two twenty, whatever the size height is. But, uh, yeah, he has that prototypical X body. And you're just like, that's what he's going to be. No, that is the go watch what he actually is. That's not what it is. Like, just because a dude's fast, he's not going to be the next Tyreek Hill. Like, like Kadarius Tony, like people are going nuts over this guy. Like next Ty- Tyreek Hill, I'm telling you, no, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill because he's not normal. He's, he's <laughs> exactly like, he's an outlier. David Johnson was an outlier. It wasn't just that he started as a wide receiver and moved to running back. That's that's not a formula. That's yeah. you know he got lucky is the wrong word, but like. Man, he just matured at the right second in the right and situation. Even and Tyree Kill wasn't Tyree Kill in, in year one. No, he you was know, a like gadget the, player. Yeah. One of the worst calls I've ever made in fantasy football was being out on Tyree Kill going into year two with his value because everyone was treating him like a wide receiver one. I'm like, he has shown us nothing but gadget yeah. plays. Yep. My bad. <laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, but like, but you, you were also probably right for the most part, but it just happened to be Tyree Kill. If yeah, exactly. You, if it was right? any other player, if it was Kadarius Tony, you would have been right. <laughs> All you could do is give, do the best with what you have in front of you. And the true right. greats def- defy that. It's like, it's like age cliffs. Like, everyone's freaking out about 28 year olds, but we have Julio Jones playing at a high level at 31. People are freaking out at Travis Kelsey because he's 31. Like he's not elite players play to elite ages. And like, that's like, and it's, you have to be truly elite at what you are. And Julio Jones has showed that he is like, it's just like, there is no, the next, like, I, I like, that's one of those phrases that like kind of makes me grind a little bit whenever like you hear everyone say, because it's, no, it's, it's a great point. Cause there's not that many of them. It's, it's ex- an exact, outlier, you know, like, it's, and, and it's, you know, it's a little lazy, but like, it's funny. It's like player comps. Like you, you know, you talked about rookies a lot, like, yeah. and you hate being like this guy 
reminds me of Devontae Adams, which you hate saying because then everyone's like, oh, this guy's the next Devontae Adams, which those two are tied together very well. (laughs) You're trying to speak it in a way that people can understand that don't necessarily speak your language, that don't speak draft language, that don't understand the combination. Like when you're saying, oh, his fast footwork with the way he can get off the line using his hands in multiple ways that no one really, people like that, people just sort of like frazzle. Devontae Adams. I get that. I can get that. And that's <laughs> and, and that's sometimes like what we use, like the next Tyreek Hill as like he's a really fast dude that maybe can run routes and, and you know, be more than just a gadget player. But we have to stick to more <laughs> realistic expectations when we say that. Like call some dude the next Tariq Cohen, not the next David Johnson. And, right. and that I mean, will definitely M- make McCall life Hardman, McCall yeah. Hardman was already the next Tyreek Hill. And guess what? McCall Harmon's not the next <laughs> Tyreek Tyree Hill is still the next Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, I mean, I, I get it. Obviously, like they drafted him uh, to replace Tyreek in case the whole Some, thing yeah. went down and like all that kind of stuff. But it's just they it's, clearly it's didn't so matter because like, they're still like, the guy. The guy can't even hardly get on the field, much less like actually like be good at football. Yes. And uh, and yet, you know, people were like, "Oh, well, he runs a four three two, and you know, he's he's amazing." And yeah, like no, it, it's it's. That's the thing, like, the the more I've, like, dove into my model, like, I can never tell you 100% a player will or will not be good. Uh, I, I mean, if you could, you'd be a millionaire, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. But I can tell you there's a very good chance Kadarius Tony's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. There's that 1% chance, or, you know, maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's 7% or whatever it is that he's going to be very good. But he he grades out in that really bad level of the model that says there's a – uh, it's actually like I, I've gone back uh, to 2011 and I've graded every single player that has come into the NFL since 2011. And there's a 4% chance that a player in Kadarius Tony's tier of players will be a hit and a hit is a top 24 wide receiver. So and just watch what happens chance. when you have to enter in like second round draft capital, because we, we all, we also often forget that, what NFL teams need isn't necessarily what we need in fantasy. Right. It's like the Henry Ruggs thing. Like we, everyone went nuts. The Henry Ruggs was drafted so early in the first round and everything. So he went earlier than he should have in rookie drafts when no, they just needed someone to take the top off the defenses. And that's so good for the NFL team, especially when people don't realize that Derek Carr probably can't throw the ball as fast as, as <laughs> Henry Ruggs can run. But exactly. defense still have to account for him. That one in four chance that Carr like closes his eyes, grits his teeth, and throws it as hard as he can, and it actually hooks up with him. Because it happened twice in one game. And yep. you know, th- that momentarily boosted Ruggs' value. But besides the point, like we need to to like sort of put together what the NFL, like we, we said before, the NFL will show you what they need. The fact that the Raiders drafted Henry Ruggs and then drafted yet another possession guy. So now that they have Renfro, Waller, and Brian Edwards, Ruggs is a freaking distraction. <laughs> like that that's yeah. that seems pretty obvious when you stop and think about it. No, definitely. I so I, I kind of cut off the original question because I started realizing like it was two completely different questions. But uh, you know, when for this season. Uh, I, I do feel like it's kind of a special draft uh, because of all of the quarterbacks, really, more than anything. Yeah. Like, there's so many good quarterbacks. Uh, and just in Superflex, which is all I really deal with and all I really talk about. Same. Um, why 
like if you just count for the quarterbacks, don't even say it's a good wide receiver class. Uh, I don't think anyone truly believes it's a good running back class or anything. I like hope that. not. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a better tight end class than we've probably had in a little bit. You know, you can you could uh, argue the the hawk and, and fant class and like that kind of thing. But it, it was really just least... them. Like twenty seventeen was the last good tight end class, and none of them turned out very good. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Ingram <laughs> was the only one that like you know like you said he flashed in year one and then he kind of fell apart. To I mean that's when we drafted Kittle in the third and got lucky. I mean it's exactly y- you never know. I mean don't get me wrong. I'm probably going to draft a lot of Friar Muth and Brevin Jordan, especially if they land in good spots, but. Uh, you never know. You, you, tight end is one of the most <laughs> who the hell knows things. But especially because of the quarterbacks and everything else, are you treating this draft class any differently? Are you trying to accumulate, um, you know, rookie draft picks more than ever? Or are you doing exactly what you would normally do? Um, That's far too late to get to now. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's. And man, it's not even what we thought it was. Like when we were trading for 2020 picks a couple of months ago, we still only thought it was going to be two quarterbacks strong. Like, we thought it was going to be Fields and Lawrence, and honestly, that was enough. And, you know, everyone knew the wide receivers coming in and Najee and Etienne and all that stuff, but we didn't see five quarterbacks that are going to go in the top ten of the NFL draft. I mean, no one saw this coming. No. And honestly, it shouldn't happen. I still don't think Mac Jones is good enough to go top five, but he's going to go three. It sure seems and, like it, though. <laughs> and i got to be honest, I don't know enough about Zach Wilson that I that I should, I'm sure. Um but he's going to go number three, it seems, which is number still two ridiculous. Two to the Jets. Uh, two yeah. to the Jets, three to the – yeah, my bad. Yeah. Three to the no, you're good. Niners. <laughs> you're uh, one off. Yeah, I was saying good. too many numbers, and you know, numbers in me don't get along, especially at 1030. Um, and like, so that changed everything. And once that happened, that got a lot – like these picks are way too valuable now. If you can get a first-round pick, good for you, man. Like that's unfortunately what it comes down to. Um, if this – treating this draft honestly – I try to think if I can get them for a good price, of course I'll do it because when the draft comes around, you'll be able to sell it for more. I mean, that's, that's the honest truth, but honest, like there's, I love the end of the first beginning of the second in, in deep wide receiver drafts, because especially now when there's five freaking quarterbacks pushing the value down, but like, exactly. I, I mean, I, I joked about not you not putting shame on T Higgins name. I have so many shares of T Higgins that I got at the two Oh two, just because, Last year, there was a lot of running backs that were pushing down wide receivers, and it's cheap. Like a first, a beginning of the second round, like your hit rate is in the 30s if you're lucky. <laughs> you know, like hit yeah. rates of the picks at that point are so low. So you might as well get the super athletic wide receiver that you can give two years anyway. Like I, I even said last year before the season started, T. Higgins can sit the year out and not play the entire year. And I will still value him the exact same. And I'm talking in the NFL, not like, and before we knew COVID was really a thing. Like right. I said that he could just completely not play and he'll be, ex- and I, I would 202 every single time. Like his value is going up to me because <laughs> I like the player that much. And you don't expect things from your rookie wide receivers. You shouldn't. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I'm freaking thrilled that we worked out. And I will cry like a grown man, ugly cry if they draft Jamar Chase. I, <laughs> I, I will live stream it too. I will. I will for the world. I will let that let the world see me ugly cry. Um, but yeah, it, I love draft picks because they're the only asset you know. You truly know where the value is going to go. It's not very often a first round pick is going to lose value. Um, I think it was 2018 when 
Harris and Etienne, and there was one or two wide receivers that stayed back. I can't remember anymore. That hurt the first round pick. It was very weird. Like the 110 to the 112, the value dropped. It absolutely did. Yeah. And like, and like, what was it? Like, um, two years ago when the Johns, like, uh, Tyler Johnson and Colin Johnson were supposed to come out and they decided to stay back. I think I'm saying the right names, but I can't remember because I'm speaking too fast. <laughs> like, Every once in a while, like late first picks will drop a little bit. If you have like the one of six, that is literally never going to lose value. It is only going to gain. Yeah. And that is going to gain value. Honestly, not even when, not the second you get on the clock, that's going to lose value three hours into your draft clock when you realize no one wants to trade for it. And right. honestly, that doesn't mean the player you draft will lose value because you can draft, if you draft the guy with the best value at the moment, he has a chance of going back up. So yes, owning owning firsts especially is always the smart dynasty move. But man, I usually don't have picks on most of my teams. <laughs> I, I, because I, I'm right there with you. I, I like trading missed... and they're the easiest things to trade. That's really what it comes down to. Like, I've made some I, exceptions I guess, this year. Yeah. Oh, and, this year. Yes. You, you do hold yeah, off this year. But like, I, I complain about it on Twitter and like all my group chats because I have my guys. You know, I have Alan Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, uh, and I have them on 80% of my teams. And it's just like, crap, who do I trade away now? I, I don't want to trade Calvin Ridley away. All right. Well, I got this first. <laughs> Let, let's, let's move that. And then I end up yep. with no picks and I love my team. I don't care. So it actually I, just reminded me that we asked, uh, Last year, we asked for some like hot takes going into the season, and you were there. You were one of two. I think it was you and John Bauer, if I remember correctly, uh, that said Calvin Ridley was going to be a top eight receiver, something like that, top ten, top eight, whatever it was. And I could tell you, so I, I didn't give believe you it when I said it. I did not believe it when I said it. Like, <laughs> but but I, I give want you props because you, you did say it, and there's receipts and all that kind of good stuff. So <laughs> oh, I, I, it is props. it is very well known my love for Calvin Ridley. If you go to Dynasty Trade Calculator and type in Calvin Ridley's name, it says Outhouse's man's next to it. Like, so it, <laughs> it, like it is it. it it is not a secret that I love Calvin Ridley. But even like I never thought he would be as I didn't think he was okay. I would never thought he would score as well as he did. Let me word that correctly. I know how good he is, and I think he's freaking right. great. But, you know, Julio Jones and that offense being what it is, I, I never saw him as going into week four as the number one wide receiver. Like, I, I will be purely honest. I never saw that coming. But, man, well, oh, yeah, we just I did, love I don't think anyone expected Julio to miss – you know, like maybe he didn't technically miss the whole year, but I mean, he should yeah, have. Like, yeah. he, he shouldn't have been out there, like that kind of thing. All right. But like you were saying, uh, you know, this is my podcast, so I get to talk about my trades. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So, in um, in one of my leagues, I recently traded uh, J.K. Dobbins, a player that I that I fell in love with last year. Love like, I just absolutely Dobbins. love J.K. Dobbins. And then he went to the, the Ravens and we saw a lot of flashes. Like we saw kind of like Nick Chubbness, I guess you could say, you know, where That's, just like that. He's a very good yeah. runner. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. Yeah. It. Just like amazing runner, breaking tackles, uh, you know, scoring touchdowns, doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, we didn't see a lot out of the passing game. Yeah, um, the Ravens just don't use the running back in the passing game. That's the rough part. Right. And, and so I, I got a trade offer and it was one Oh three and super flex league obviously um 103 for jk dobbins and i it took me a little bit because like i said i fell in love with dobbins last year but i started thinking about it and i'm like man 103 has a lot of flexibility in this draft. Mm -hmm. and i said you know i'm gonna go ahead and take it 
And then my league mates went after me. Man, I can't believe you gave up on Dobbins that easily and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, have you looked at this draft? You know, like that kind of thing. But uh, but I, I want to get the, the, the trade godfathers. Uh, you know, I want to get his opinion on this one. Uh, what do you think about the Dobbins for 103 trade? I have Dobbins in a best ball league. I... I... <laughs> I took this over as an orphan and I did uh, a re real, real rebuild where I did it mostly through the draft and stuff. So I have Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift, JK Dobbins. And I want to say Antonio Gibson. I'm not sure. Like I, I I went, yeah, this like last year was my year of where all of my picks came to fruition. (laughs) It's not a bad year. (laughs) Right. So I'm like, all right, let me toughen up my wide receivers a bit. So I tried to, start trading some of the running backs and one guy just put all of his draft picks on the block and I'm like, well, let's see what I could do. So I offered JK for the 104 and the 107 just to see what I can get away with. And he replies, I don't think I would even part with the 104 for JK Dobbins. Oh man. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, you do you, man. I think that's wrong value wise, but you know, I can't tell you you're wrong because it's, you know, your your trade, your team. I can't tell you yeah, what to right. do. But that's absolutely what the world sees right now. That is absolutely the value. Um, so the 103, when you're talking, you're getting... It also depends how you have things tiered. Because if you're saying however many quarterbacks go first... Yes, you are at 103, you're getting a quarterback. You're getting a quarterback in a very good situation because there are three quarterbacks right off the board in good situations. And we're assuming pretty easily that Lance and Fields are going to fall into very good situations as well because there's a lot of teams at the top that need quarterbacks. Yep. But even let's pretend they don't. <laughs> Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, if you're a Devontae Smith guy, those are all top-tier players. Yeah. So it's it's very easy to just say J.K. Dobbins is awesome, but I could I could get this, and you're yeah. holding up your hands with nothing in it, but in your <laughs> mind you see a shiny ball in there. Like it's this it's this thing that's gonna save my my dynasty but team. At the very least, you're looking at tier one players. One hundred percent. Say that in every draft at one. Even at the like, one hundred three, you can't. Yeah, like, no. yeah, yeah, you can't always say that. Like, you you might not even have tier one quarterbacks at that point in, in a superflex, you know. Um, but this year, it doesn't matter how it goes. It could go Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, Jamar. Or, you know, like, uh, at, at 101, 102, it could go Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, Zach yeah, Wilson. You know, outside of Trevor is, Lawrence like, at one, there is no chalk at all right now. No. which is. Okay, so here's here's the thing. It's fun and it's not because it's funny. Like I did a mock draft for DLF uh, and it was a bunch of the podcasters. And I, of course, since we were a DLF show, I held up the, well, I had the DLF rookie ADP. And while we didn't go one for one, the top 24, we had one player not in the top 24. (laughs) Like one player outside of it. Like otherwise, every top 24 player was picked. And at most, it was four, four picks out of place. Like, so this, oh, wow. while the order of this year is not chalk, who is going to be, who is going to be in that top 24 pretty much is, at least for right yeah. now, the draft will always change things. Sure. So like at 102, you can't say anything is wrong. You you draft 
Justin Fields, Najee Harris, anyone at one on one, people are going to tell you you're wrong, and they have a, <laughs> they kind of have a right to tell you at least just based on what the world is saying right now. Like every other year, you get away with a little bit. They're like, all right, no, I I'm not going to take Burrow. I'm going to take Clyde edwards alaire I'm not going to take you know two at two. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor, and I still scream from the rooftops. No, those two quarterbacks need to be one on one and one on two, but. I, I couldn't say they were wrong because it's still value-wise made sense. There's nothing in this draft besides Trevor Lawrence that's chalk. So that 103 is, in your mind, a freaking golden ticket to anyone but Trevor Lawrence. So absolutely, exactly. 100%. That's what I'm like, it literally could be anyone except for Trevor Lawrence at this point. Although I did do a mock and, and Lawrence went 104. But I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not counting on that. <laughs> I thought you meant to do a startup at first. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, in the startup, I've seen him go six as the earliest. Um, no, no, it was definitely a rookie draft. And I was I was just like sitting there going like, so is anyone, I, I think I had, I had like 108. No, I had 109. And I'm just sitting there like, is anyone actually going to take Lawrence? Like what's going, I, what's going I on? Got, <laughs> I got Joe Burrow at the 109 last year in a Superflex League. In one draft, oh, wow. it's it's clearly not something that happens everywhere, just one draft. Um, yeah. But real quick, going back to J.K. Dobbins, sort of. Derrick Henry <laughs> had an all-time rushing year last year. Like I think it was like the sixth most rushing yards. No, yep. the third, like or like the third most rushing yards ever. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he was the running back six in a, in a PPR. Yeah. Running back six after making freaking history catches mean everything in a PPR league and JK Dobbins doesn't seem like he's going to get them. So while he can absolutely be running back six for four years in a row at the one Oh three, at the one Oh three, you can grab Najee Harris, who if Najee Harris to Pittsburgh, Najee Harris to Pittsburgh, <laughs> they want to use that one da- that one running back. He's going to catch passes and that puts him in the top f- uh, doesn't put him in, it puts him in the place to reach the top five. Yeah. So absolutely 100%. I, I do, even being a J.K. Dobbins huge fan, I'm still absolutely 100% okay with your trade. I, I would not shame you in the least. Maybe just for the fun of it, but I wouldn't really mean it. <laughs> I and mean, I'm pretty sure that's all they're doing too. But, you know, I just oh, yeah, have of course. to give them, what, they listen. So I have to give them a little, you know, a little jab here and there. Um, what, what's the fun of more. playing fantasy football if you're not going to make fun of other people while you're doing it? Oh, of course. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I love them for it. But <laughs> one more. And, and the reason why I bring up these trades, just like you do on your show, is because they're actual trades. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's, that's the it's best. great to talk about, like, oh, well, I would give up this and that and whatever. But, like, you know, that doesn't actually matter. Like, what what does matter is actual trades that go down and, and like, you know, how you can benefit from that maybe in your league or something similar, whatever it is. I mean, I mean I'm going to cut you off real quick and just because I don't care that it's your show. I like talking. Um, that was one of the real reasons I loved the idea of my uh, of the Trade Addict show because my, my intent was always to create more than one league. And I wanted the core of those leagues to be as similar as possible. And at this point, they're all identical because I'm lazy. But like, what I really <laughs> wanted to be able to do was have, like, Deshaun Watson. Not to get into what is going on with him in the real world, yeah, but yeah. like, you're try- People are trying to gauge what his value is. Within two weeks, we had four trades of Deshaun value of Deshaun Watson in leagues with the exact same settings, the same scoring, and everything. So that's a great way to gauge his value. So yeah. absolutely, real trades are 100 percent the best way to do it and the thing is 
I could at least since it's you know it's my show and I don't care if I make fun of the people in my leagues like most of the most of the GMs in my leagues are are very good at playing fantasy football and if people make bad trades I will absolutely call them out on the show but <laughs> like if all trades are good and all pl- all trades include the same players you can sort of gauge what they should be in your league if at least with similar settings. So absolutely, real trades are 100% the best way to gauge any real value, regardless of the amount of hypothetical talk you can have. Because again, what my show is based around is- (laughs) And and obviously you're you're, you're kind of a part of DLF. Um, Obviously they have like a really good version of that where they have like the actual trade finder and- The trade finder and trade analyzer are wonderful, but they are, you need context, especially with the trade finder. Like I destroy the trade finder every once in a while. Like when I do, oh, do uh, okay. dispersals, like yeah. you have like eight for eight trades or like, you know, so this weird thing, like you can't always trust it, which is why I yeah. love that you can go in and click on the teams and go into the league. Like don't, you can't take something at face value. Like you have to go in and see, because if you see a team is rebuilding, maybe they're going to sell Julio Jones for a little less than they normally would. And I absolutely, I, you know, uh, uh, I traded Thielen for like the 203 in, in one of my trade addicts leagues. And on the show, I said, look, you hope to get more if you're trading away Adam Thielen. I just have no patience to wait till the season starts. And I wanted him <laughs> off my team now. So that's the right. best I could get for him. He should be worth more. It's like, so you need that context every once in a while, especially if you only find one trade. If you can find five yeah. and sort of aggregate the value out of all of that, then yes, absolutely. It's, it's wonderful. But if you could only find one trade in the past four weeks you can't really hold that that that's yeah. I don't, not to but, bad talk any of the wonderful tools at <laughs> dynastyleaguefootball.com but absolutely context is needed especially for random leagues around the world on mfl but uh, i was listening to a podcast uh, like a week or two ago and it was not dlf uh but there was another trade calculator and they were using that uh, trade calculator's values i'm not gonna call them out because i'm not trying to like hate on anybody or anything like that but uh but they said that Chris Godwin was a 102 value in this year's draft class. And I was just like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I love Chris Godwin. I know a lot of people do, but he's not a 102. In, in one quarterback, right maybe. No, 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 no. It was Even no, no. I take that back because I would totally take Chase over him. 103, yeah. 104. Yeah, I, I'd probably take Godwin over unless Etienne fell to a really good spot. And, and, I, and I'm just that was just one example that I'm that I'm thinking of right now. But I'm just saying, like, when you're actually looking at the calculators, like, I, I'm just not a big fan of actual calculators. And so, like, when I actually see like real trades that someone decided whether it was a good decision or not, or whether they were lazy or not, like that kind of thing, like a person decided, hey, I'm going to make this trade. It just makes me feel a little bit better. It's an actual one hundred percent. Back to back to me, you know, all about me, uh, you know. For so as long I as I sold, let it be. <laughs> in, in in that same exact league that I sold Dobbins for the 103, I sold Joe Mixon for the 109 and the 201. Um, and I don't have a lot of needs on that team. Um, I really, I really don't. I, I probably should have won last year, but it was a COVID year and crazy yep. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, nobody. I started off uh, undefeated for the first like eight weeks i think it was and then my team just completely covid fell apart i had like all like every single player got covid um you know multiple players got injured for eight weeks and all like i'm not yep. making excuses but like it just no you're absolutely making good... excuses and they're all valid so i i, I believe you and i, <laughs> I, I empathize <laughs> but but the point is like my team is good it, it just like you know yeah. i just 
I'm just having fun, that kind of thing. But so absolutely. I traded, definitely contending, absolutely contending. Um, but I traded away uh, Dobbins for the 103, and then later on I traded Mixon for the 109 and the 201. Uh, so how are you feeling about that one? Oh, a lot goes into that. Um, I like Joe, I've always liked Joe Mixon the talent. I hate Me too. Cincinnati for never getting their offensive line together. Though it seems like they have been trying lately and they tried even like they made a good um, free agency pickup. I'm praying they draft. I mean, Sewell's the only name I know. So I I, want to say an offensive lineman that early because I know there's one or two other guys that are very good. But Sewell's the only name I actually know because they don't score me fantasy points. So I don't pay enough attention to them, Uh, even though they absolutely are one of the most important players in the entire NFL. Um, So no disrespect, I swear. so I really do like Joe Mixon, but man, his value is going to be in the tank until he shows it for an entire season. And at the 109, let's face it, you even have a chance at one of the at the fifth quarterback, but let's pretend that five quarterbacks go, which means at the 109, Jamar Chase, I almost said Devonta Freeman, Devonta Smith, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and we've hit nine. Like, yep. you're trading on a hypothetical level, Joe Mixon, who's been in the league for five years for like, imagine if Travis Etienne lands at like the Falcons or the dolphins. Like how good is that? Like, that's great. So like you, again, it's only because it's this draft one Oh nine. If it was last year's, it wouldn't have been worth it. If it was the year before sure as hell wouldn't have been worth it. But right now, given what we have. Yeah. I, I, I'm a fan. Like I, I think it's good, especially because it need it will take a lot for Joe Mixon's value to go up, but it doesn't take much for that pick value to go up. Especially like we said, if the five QBs go in the top ten like they're supposed to, if Jamar Chase goes to the Dolphins, like I pray he does, you know Kyle <laughs> Pitts is going to go somewhere good. I'm sure. I'd be fine with them. See, I, I, I'd be fine with Pitts and Cincy, but I would just really want them to beef up their offensive line. Uh, yeah. Like, there's all of these draft landing spots are going to push value up, in which case the 109 is going to be gold at this point. So, yeah, Mixon, which I'm sure was a luxury piece for your team that was good without him last year, why not get the one where you know the value is going to go up or at least won't get worse? Because if... It's weird to think, but if they do, if the Bengals draft Chase, Mixon's value is probably going to go down because they didn't beef up their offensive line, and they're they're stuck with what they had last year. Plus, um, Riley Reef was that who they? I, I can't remember who they signed. Yeah, because again, yeah. you know, they don't they don't physically score me points. Um, <laughs> besides the fact that running backs on better offenses score more fantasy points, but. It won't be on the floor level of looking like they're doing something to help the running game. So I think Mixon's value will probably like drop a little bit, not a lot, but it'll be harder, even harder to move him. And you just got this, and I'm saying one piece. You got two very good pieces. Like <laughs> you said, the 201 was the other pick, right? Yep, yep. Like you're talking Bateman or more, like easily. And I love both of those guys. I mean, not even to talk about Jalen Waddle, who's probably rumors now getting like that he might be the first wide receiver taken or well second yep. i guess but like there's so like absolutely it, it would make me sad to see joe mixon leave my team but knowing what year it is and those two picks you have 
or even what you could turn those two picks into. Absolutely. No, I, it's hard for me to say, yes, I like it because again, I like, and I believe in <laughs> Joe Mixon, but you, yes, you got good value oh. and it only seems weird because of the year it is. I, I have Mixon almost everywhere, which also kind of aids in like trading him being willing to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and so like, it's not like I love giving, getting rid of him or anything like that. Yeah. In fact, uh, we went, the, the guy, uh, that I was trading with, we went back and forth for about two weeks on this trade. It wasn't like it happened over. I love those. Like I that. love how, how different did it start? Did it start like really weird uh, or did it, it really or did it start the, very close and like went in? It started circle? very close. It, it started it. very close. <laughs> that was the like, you thing. get it so was... complicated. Wait, let's just go back to where we started. Yeah. And he, then you realize he started it's adding in all these other players yeah. and, and everything. And then when it was all said and done, it was like an extra third. And it was like, I all right, we're love done. trading. That's it's so much fun. And for so many different ways. And that's like Love in that it. league, especially like there's not a lot of trading. And so it was just fun, just like yeah. in that league, especially to, to have some trades go down and that made it, you know, happen even more, but not to just sit here and like talk about my team and make my team better and that kind of thing. But the point of the story was, um, I guess, in your opinion, are, are you, are you always worried about value or are you always worried about your team? Um, because obviously, like, you know, I've, I've had some, well, I've, I've had some people, <laughs> As a contender, I've had you know, I've had some okay. people since the trade, you know, say like, oh, but you know, okay, but you're hurting yourself for next year because like, how can you guarantee that this player is going to hit and this player is going to? Well, Joe Mixon slips on a banana peel next week. You have no idea yeah, what's going to happen exactly. by then. But I, I guess that was the question. Man, now I, I need like, to like you... have my players stop eating bananas. I have to stop saying things stop, out loud. Just stop mentioning just... things. Yeah, like you really got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but are, are you looking, you know, are, are you always looking for that value or are you worrying about stuff like that? Like, you know, like, yeah, like I like Joe Mixon and like, maybe he's a little bit better, but like, I, you know, I can get value here, like that kind of thing. What's it's your really, it's like? funny. Like I, I 90% value is really what it comes down to. I, my, my fantasy bizarro, I'm probably the bizarro of him. Like me and uh, John Bosch and I yeah. are opposites. He <laughs> sticks so hard to value on every single trade and I, I I trade based on feel like it's just if it's fun to me you know I'll do whatever the hell I want for the hell of it and and we co-own a team which makes it even more <laughs> oh, fun God. That and <laughs> someone sent us a trade that would we would get rid of AJ Brown and a couple of other things and we would get Patrick Mahomes and he's like but if we trade AJ Brown away we'd be weak at wide receiver I'm like it's March. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> right. We can't be weak at wide receiver. He's like, you. everyone always says that, and then you have trouble setting lineups. I'm like, I can guarantee you I never have trouble setting lineups. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get something done. Like, it's very league dependent. Let's put it that way. In the trade addicts leagues, I will not care about my starting lineup until yeah. Yeah, August-ish. Like, you know, mid-August, like when camp starts, because that's when people will dig their heels in on values and it gets a little tougher because dude has a good camp and everyone starts talking him up and stuff like that. But like right now in even in April, like I told you, I in I know it's trade at X9 and it's just the startup year. So we haven't played. I freaking love my team. Um <laughs> I wish I could knew the name of his podcast so I could actually pimp it, but um at Vito's Vito's Casino on one more time without stuttering at Vito's Casino on Twitter, uh, cousin Vito, freaking awesome dude. He's he's going to be on Trade Addicts again. Which have you been on Trade Addicts? Why haven't you been on Trade Addicts? No, Addicts? I haven't. We're going to get. Would we're, love we're, to. 
That's stupid. We'll get you on the calendar. Best friends, so, best friends, and somehow it's, it hasn't been. It's a very one-way street, you know. <laughs> it it's is fun. very <laughs> My bad. Um, like he had uh, Izzy Elkafest from the yeah. D- I almost said DFC, and that's not right. From Dynasty Trade Calculator, the podcast. Like he, <laughs> they had him on a show, and they they rated the teams in Trade Addicts Nine, and of course, Rocky and I had the best teams. Just saying, you know, of course, yeah. we are who we are. But like, regardless, like I I love my team, and I really think it's a contender. I have the great quarterbacks. I love my wide receivers, and at the time, I had Kareem Hunt on my team, but I traded him for the for picks because. I'll figure something out. I'll get a running back. I can start. Exactly. I mean, it's I'm April. It's April. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and we don't know anything. Like, what am I going to do? Like, people are talking about Miles Gaskin right now. It's just like, do you think Miles Gaskin's going to, like, there's a good chance he doesn't have a job. If he right. does, you're going you're gonna to get great value for trading for Miles Gaskin right now. Like, you will be seen as a guru to, <laughs> if you go spend a late second for Miles Gaskin and he starts again. Because if he starts again, he's going to be great. But the thing is, like, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah. who was it? Was it, like, Dave Garrard that slipped in, by the pool and broke his leg one year? Like, it's just things happen. Like, you have no idea. Like, there was a college player that hurt his leg getting out of bed. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen. So there's no – you can't set your lineup right now. Not to mention that doesn't take account people just sort of losing their job for play reasons. Like – if we... James Conner actually just had a, a turf toe surgery because of like uh, an off-road vehicle. Oh, uh, come accident. on, James Conner! <laughs> like we go all in, like pretend. Like I love the James Conner signing for Chase Edmonds. Not gonna lie, like we were talking about cards before, and I was trying to buy Chase Edmonds cards because right. I think his value is going to go up in the world, which means his cards value is going to go up. But what if they draft Travis Etienne? How sweet would that fit be? Yep. Chase Edmonds is dead and he's not starting in your lineups if that happens. (laughs) And like, it's not something we can count on. And and I know it's not like Zeke Elliott's not getting replaced in the draft. So clearly like that one example doesn't always work, but we've also seen him do other things that get him suspended, you know? So like no one is safe from stupidity or injury. No one, not most people are not safe from just straight up losing their job to better players. Not to mention, people getting taken in the draft and stuff like that. So say like setting your lineup, especially when you get down to like your wide receiver four, you're guessing, man, like that's all you're doing is guessing. So why worry about it now? What you do is you put yourself in the best position you can to move pieces to fit into the right spaces when you get there. So either you find a magic way to get a lot of players that should fit in your starting lineup which if your league is good, you won't be able to do that. Or you amass as much value as humanly possible, not caring about your starting lineup. So when the time comes, you move that value for players you need. It's just, I wish I could have like a real good example of something stupid I've done. And okay, I got a great one. Trade Addicts, the podcast, whenever we have a first time guest on, we ask them a bunch of questions. When did you start playing fantasy? When did you start playing dynasty? And then we ask them, what is the best and the worst trades they ever made? My easy go-to for the worst trade I ever made was after, I think it was Stefan Diggs second or third year. And it was after it was that year. Jay Ajayi ran for like two, three straight 200 yard games. And I'm like, all right, I'm weak at running back because something just happened. This was after the season ended. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to be weak at running back, and I'm really strong at wide receiver. Let me trade – and at the time, the value was even. Let me trade Stefan Diggs for Jay Ajayi. 
Jay was trash, and look at Stefan Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that goes down as the worst trade I've ever made. Well, the worst trade I've made on purpose. I've made trades when I forgot to click buttons on my side, and they accepted oh, yeah. anyway. That's... Uh, I traded uh, Mike Evans for Mar- Marcus Mariota the year before he turned. He got benched. Besides the uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> um, still believe Mariota. Um, but, like, making trades for need, especially, like, so early, so far away doesn't account for coaching changes adam case because he ruins everything yeah. uh, so, like so there's so much that could happen or like if you were like all right james connor's gone let me go buy into benny snell and then you know they bring in Kalen balage which he's not anything great but that murky's the water you know that yeah. changes things like so much of that goes around where it's just it's nothing you can depend on so why try why force yourself to depend on it you might as well make your it's like the opposite of what you want to do and like with money but like make your stuff as liquid as possible so at any given time you could be like i have this wad of cash here give me something i need you know that's not what you're supposed to do in the real world but especially in this draft it was like i the the flexibility in this draft because like you said one of those five or maybe even the top four possibly quarterbacks could fall to that 109 spot Um, and it could be any random quarterback in any given draft yeah it it could literally be the the top five quarterbacks go one through five but then like you said that's when you start getting into the chase Najee, uh you know smith waddle Etienne, I mean, hits uh, if you Devontae felt like it. Williams, I mean, like if you have hits, a good enough, yeah, like any of yeah, those guys. If you have a good enough premium, like seriously, I really think it's like that 109, like the 109, because it's the five quarterbacks, two running backs, and two wide receivers. I guess look fine. The 110 after the 110, because I'll throw pits in there. If Javante Williams gets a good landing spot, it'll, it'll change to the 111. Sure. But that's 11 picks you're getting. Yeah what should be a top tiered player. And then let's throw in there. I freaking love Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore. So we're at the two freaking one that could be any. And again, I haven't mentioned Jalen Waddle that people love. I, I, I like him. And then, you know, some people are getting big into Terrace Marshall right now. We haven't mentioned him yet. We haven't mentioned, uh, I almost said Michael Gainwell. No, that's Michael Gallup. Kenneth Gainwell. Like we haven't mentioned him. Like he's a really good receiving back. He lands in the right place. He could, Michael Carter, who played with him, who's not going to get drafted to the end of the second, he lands in a good spot. That gets pushed up to the early second. Like, there's so many players that... Tylen Wallace, Elijah Moore, uh, you know, like... There's so there's so many other yeah everyone, like imagine Elijah Moore has gets... their guy too like that they're pushing up whether it's a Nico Collins whether it's a Seth Williams you know like all of those guys remember two years ago when Seth Will- Seth Williams was like the wide receiver one like I had him <laughs> yeah. on a couple of Devi teams and it just it turned into nothing but like imagine Elijah Moore gets drafted by like the Patriots like. Yep. There you go, Julian Edelman's replacement right away because you know <laughs> little slot receiver. Like it's gonna so much. Like there's so much value at a lot of spots. I'm not huge into like Terrace Marshall kind of level. Like he's really my cutoff. So like the sure. 204 to 20 like 204 206. That's when I kind of stop caring. That's when it's like I'll see what's there and maybe I'll trade in if I feel like it. But any pick before like the 204. Is kind of gold right now, and that's ridiculous. 
I mean, we had that a little bit last year. Like last year, I think you got to like the 201, 202. We're even a little deeper than that this year. And that's really just because of the quarterbacks. But it's really like, you're right. The flexibility of getting a pick in the first round of this draft is just, you might as well print your own money at that point, because there will be someone willing to try and trade for it. Whether it goes to the level you want it to, that just, if if it doesn't, that just means you need to draft a player there because you believe in that more than the rest of your league does. In which case you, you, you plant your flag, you take that guy, but otherwise you will, I almost in an active league can guarantee you there will be offers sent for every single pick on the block through the first round. Yeah. We could literally sit here all night talking about my trades. I've actually made, I feel like I'm, I'm moving into trade addicts status at this point. Like my wife's asleep. My kids are asleep. Let's, let's go, man. I'll do it until I fall asleep at the desk. Let's do it. No, Uh, unfortunately I have to be on, on a roof at, uh, at 9am. So I guess, Oh my God, go to sleep. Go. Oh, that's that's awful. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not great. It pays well, but it's not great. Uh, Yeah. That's, Oh man, I, that's I could how never... I afford all these leagues. You know? Yes, I, I could never do. I, I sit in front of a computer all day. I could never do real <laughs> hands work. I, I have these baby hands. It's, it's they they don't do real <laughs> labor. But uh, yeah, like I said, I just wanted to bring you on and and talk, you know, about all this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it is good to kind of like look back or uh, you know just stop looking at the actual prospects, stop looking at the the actual drafts or anything like that and start looking back at your strategy because every once in a while you have to kind of remind yourself like why why am I going to do this? Why am I going to do that? Like that kind yeah. of thing. And and you you might you you know maybe you you're like I'm going to join three startups and then you know you're like oh, this is fantastic. I might even do three at the same time like that kind of thing. But then oh, if you God, actually I... have that I've done that. It's actually awful. <laughs> don't do it. No, no, I definitely don't recommend it. I, no, I, I did I, two mock drafts at the same time on Friday night, this past Friday, literally at the same exact time. Yeah. And it was the worst possible thing because I had 102 and one, and then I had uh, 112 in the other one. And so it was just nonstop. Perfect. Like as soon as I was done with one, I would, somebody would be like, John, you're on the clock. And I was like, how many oh, times crap. did you draft the wrong, thinking about the wrong draft? Uh, only a couple times, but it was, I, it was more like, cause obviously like we do happy hour on Fridays and we're all drinking and everything. It was, it was normally more just like, Hey John, you have eight seconds left. And it was like, <laughs> oh, crap. and, and then, I, you know, then it, I'm doing that. And thank God there were mock drafts. Cause there was a couple times where I'm like, and him, you know, like that kind of thing. But I absolutely drafted a guy like two, three rounds ahead because I had in my mind in this draft, I want. <laughs> I'll just make up a name and say, like, I want Tyler Boyd on this team. So I go and I draft Tyler Boyd. I'm like, that's the wrong draft. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I absolutely. Man. I absolutely. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm never, I'll never be sad to have Tyler Boyd on my team. <laughs> Fingers crossed it was that guy. But, like, you know, like, I absolutely picked up the phone and made a draft pick thinking it was one league and it was absolutely two rounds earlier in a different one. So, uh, right, yeah. So that's the strategy in itself. Like, don't don't draft uh, multiple leagues at the same time. You know, or take only your time, use your phone for out. one, use the computer for the other. Like, or, try or and that. find a way to make sure you are not as dumb as I am. <laughs> but it is April, so like you know, if you're if you're doing three right now, it's probably a bad idea anyway. You know, just go ahead and spread it out. You know, like do one in April, one in May, one in August, whenever. Also, but, another good reason to trade all your rookie picks away because I am in twenty something leagues, which means and we all do them right away. So yeah, you're yeah. going to be in a lot of rookie drafts at the same time. <laughs> that you know, that actually is a good point. Uh, you know, sometimes it might be better to go ahead and get that value. But like I said, it, it's just it's good to look back. 
you know, remember the, your strategies, remember your drafting strategies, remember your trading strategies and, and all that kind of stuff. And so that's why I wanted to bring you back on Russ, best friend of the show. But, uh, I, I have a good feeling that the majority of my listeners know who you are, uh, especially at this point, because you're a best friend of the show. But where best can friends. we find you and, uh, and and what are you up to? I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. I do far too many things. I am co-host of the Trade Addicts podcasts with my homeboy Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. I am... At this point, like one of the menagerie of hosts of Dynasty Game Night, because now Rocky invited himself to host a bunch. And I know, like, just why not? If you feel like hosting Dynasty Game Night, let me know. We love letting other people do our jobs for us. Uh, but yeah, me, John Bosch, Matt Price, um, do a lot of stuff with DL. Uh, I am the DLF podcast. I call myself the Podcast Overlord. But, you know, we try and do, if you like. subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, we're trying to do more and more that's just for like those people that subscribe to that. So we do, since we're the family podcast, we call them family gatherings and stuff like that. So, you know, there's stuff like that. And we were talking about cards a whole lot. My friend and I started a box breaking company, TKO breaks. We're on Twitter at TKO underscore breaks. Hit us up, hit me up at dynasty outhouse. If you want, if you are interested in the card stuff, or if you just want to talk about it or learn what it is, I, I am a huge nerd for this stuff. So if you if you have a trade you want to talk about, if you have cards you want to talk about, hell, if you want to know what to if you don't know what to eat for lunch and you want an outside opinion, DM me. I will absolutely talk to you. Like I said, Ooh, I, I sit in front of a computer tomorrow. all day. I I and I am bored because I don't necessarily like my job. So I will absolutely stop what I'm doing to talk to you. So hell, anything, just you know, stop and say hi. But yeah, that's at least most of what I do, if it's not all of it. And if I, you're listening and I forgot what I do with you. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. I, I love having you on. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, we always talk way too much and, and like, I feel like we could always go on in uh, like two or three more hours, but that's just you know, kind of how it is. <laughs> but I definitely look forward. Um, we'll go ahead and peg you down for, for week four of the season. We should peg me we'll... down for week two so I could make yeah, it for week four. Week two, and then we'll. Okay, <laughs> that, that's what it is. Yeah. So we'll do week two, and then we'll have you on for week four. And then that way we'll have the perfect timeline, uh, you know, to go ahead and figure out those uh, those early season trades that we can go ahead and, uh, and win some leagues with. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, definitely have you back on here pretty soon. Yes, sir. Uh, but, for, but for now, I'm going to go ahead and cash out.